Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, I wish I could pipe in the bell, Whom the Bell Tolls, uh, beginning of the Metallica song to signify, um, well, the mourning that you must feel at this moment for your season and for the Minnesota Vikings in general, which is another podcast you run. Um, <laughs> but um, how do you feel, man? I mean, it, it's... It was a lot. You know, the, the season didn't start very well for the Vikings. Uh, then we really started to turn it around, uh, winning some games that, that maybe we shouldn't have won. Uh, but things were starting to look really good. And at the center of it, Kirk Cousins was off to the best start he's had yet. And, uh, and to have it end the way it did, it was a very strange day that day because you always want to celebrate beating the Packers. <laughs> Uh, but to know that he's done for the year and, and there's so many things, uh, to, to work through. He, he's, he's on the last year of his contract. So what it means for him coming back, it's just a big question mark. It's the first major injury he's had in his pro career. Uh, it's, and then, you know, personally I have, uh, tickets you know my stepdad and i are going to go see the uh, vikings when they come to denver and uh we're starting to I was starting to feel pretty confident that, that that would be a win and it's like okay no Kirk cousins and the broncos just beat the chiefs uh so maybe maybe this isn't uh looking as good for the vikings as, as i thought it was um but we got a couple of games uh before that one to to try and get uh some stability under center uh, I do like the uh, the trade for Joshua Dobbs. I think uh, I think that's a lot smarter move than some of the other uh, prospects I was hearing about because um, he's a he's a young mobile guy that's been playing all season instead of some guy that's just uh, still ready in spite of not being in the league at the moment. Um, so uh, so I like it. I, I like the Joshua Dobbs trade. Um, but yeah, the Vikings sitting at four and four, with a you know a lot of competitive teams uh, yet to play in the second half of the season. It uh, it's tough. It's tough. But uh, you know this happens. It doesn't happen to your team every year, but uh, it goes around. And uh, I guess it's our turn. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of news to get to, to and and games to pick and the gravy to settle. So let's. Uh, I we'll get back to it. I swear. We'll circle back around to, to Kirk Cousins, and um, you'll you'll be able to give your eulogy at some point <laughs> in the show. So uh, just save it. Save it for now, Trevor. Wrap, wrap up that piece of paper, put it in your pocket, because i got to get your opinion on uh, the Washington Commanders gutting their defensive line trading um, Chase Young to the Avengers of San Francisco. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> Well, Montez Sweat getting traded to the Chicago Bears, and I cackle like a little girl just now, just because of the situation in Chicago and sort of how it continues to get just silly. Is silly the right word to describe Chicago's, I don't know, approach with some of their money and draft picks? Uh, yeah, um, I mean... Trading a high... I mean, what, what is, what is it, this? It's a little know? bit of a head-scratcher, because, you know, just last year they trade Roquan Smith... Uh, and, and I applauded that move. They needed to uh, 
you know, spend more on offense. Uh, they, they had an expensive defense that wasn't, you know, winning the games. Um, and now this feels like a, like a, a relapse almost of uh, overspending on defense. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, uh, I also have to wonder, like, what do they think that, like, what, what's, what's the end ex- objective uh, bringing him in? It, it, are, are they going all in for this season? That, that doesn't sound right. Uh, they're not in a position to go all in on, on this, this season. Uh, so it, it, I, I, yeah, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. The, the 49ers uh, move, that makes total sense. Um, but, uh, Chicago, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And, and, you know, we could bury Chicago all day. Um, I mean, it's really just that easy. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a couple people that listen to to the show who are Chicago Bears fans. And I'm sorry, look, look, if, if any of you could run a front office, I think you would do it better than what we've seen so far from this ownership, which is arguably the McCaskies probably some of the most embarrassing owners in the NFL. And um, just this direction of trading... Well, think about this. This is a second-round draft pick. They're 2-6, two and, 2-5, two and and right? That's a lot. So you, a lot. hypothetically, this is going to be a high two. So you could get like a first, second round, potentially a guy that falls down into the bottom half of the first round pick or trade back into the first round of this pick. And you trade him for Montez Sweat, who's going to be a free agent this year. Um, you wouldn't have had to trade anything to get him in the offseason. So you just trade a second to get him to sign him. Uh, you know, and it's mind-blowing. And what if he doesn't sign? Yeah. And then he just loses a second-round pick? Yeah, yeah it, I that's, mean, like that's, I said, it, it, didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense. Insanity. And then, you know, looking at Chase Young over at the, the San Francisco Avengers, um, and I say that, obviously I'm saying it incorrectly. It's just because that defensive line basically resembles, um, you know, uh, Captain America and Iron Man and uh, the Hulk and whatnot. <laughs> you had Chase Young to a defensive line with, DeFor- not DeForest Buckner, excuse me, um, but with Nick Bosa. Let's just say, yeah, with Nick Bosa. So on either side of the line, you have two impressive pass rushers, top-of-the-line talents, I mean, San Francisco, though, still doesn't have a quarterback. So what do you make of this trade? I mean, it makes a little bit more sense to me uh, because they, uh, you know, they were one game game away from the Super Bowl last year. Um, We we, we talk a lot about Brock Purdy and and this and that, (laughs) but, you know, in in the years prior to this one, the, the... you know, the line on the 49ers was that it didn't matter who was playing quarterback. Um, and that, that kind of always felt like their approach is they're just going to have a really great defense and a very fundamental run game, uh, heavy offense and, uh, you know, wide receivers that can get open on short routes and get yards after the catch. So you just need someone under center who's not going to screw it up. Um, and and I feel like they're just they're they're leaning into what's worked for them, um, and a really we've seen what a really dominant defensive line can do, and uh, in my opinion this 
this has the Eagles written all over it. They're asking themselves, how do we beat the Eagles in the playoffs? They just they just got a little bit closer to it, in my opinion. Yeah, it's an impressive trade, nonetheless. And, um, you know, it's crazy because they just keep going all in. They got McCaffrey last year, Chase Young this year. Um, I'm sure they've, they've traded for a few other guys I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, you know, they pay their guys, but get, you know, you know, they're not really paying the quarterback position. They got a guy that's a game manager. And like you said, as long as you don't mess it up, well, we see, see what happens when he doesn't have any, any weapons because they're hurt and he messes it up. Right. It's not pretty. Yeah. It's not purdy, as you could say. <laughs> um, ha, ha, ha. Finally, um, and a, a move I think we all expected, especially after watching the game on Monday. However, it came as a surprise, maybe a little earlier in the season. You know, and if you listen to our podcast when he got hired, I don't think we were very supportive of even the hiring. And um, Josh McDaniels, man, ousted in Las Vegas and back on the market, still owed four years of salary between him and Dave Ziegler, the GM. And I think we both know what direction they're going to head into. And, you know, it's a little trip up I-93 or down I-93, if you know what I mean. Right. Right. Into Foxborough. <laughs> and there was a report that came out afterwards. I don't know if you heard about this. After Josh McDaniels was fired, that the commanders had reached out to the New England Patriots about trade compensation for Bill Belichick leading into the offseason. Um, a third-round pick was floated out there as possible trade compensation. It was leaked by Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. <laughs> what do you make of this? I mean... It, I, I try to empathize with these decisions, and they can make a little bit of sense. Um, but my my honest opinion is that it's it's desperate. Uh, I think I I don't think Bill Belichick is a coach of the future. Um, I think his I think his career should end with the Patriots. I think it should end. Somewhat soon, uh, but uh, I could be wrong. I I I haven't spent as much time scrutinizing and and evaluating coaches as I have players, um, but uh, but that's that's my gut right there. It's, you should be looking at young coaches, uh, not people that are you know so accomplished, but. I mean, old farts. I, I didn't want to say it, but like, how how yeah. much longer? Yeah. It's not even just about, uh, you know, it's not. I'm not even talking about being lucid or having a mind for where the game is headed these days. He's getting. He doesn't have a mind for he, the game is headed. Right, but irregardless. Sorry, I hate that. Regardless, uh, he he's getting old. It's a tough job. It's a demanding job. It's a grind. How much longer can he do this job? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If it was like me. Two or three years? Yeah. If it, I mean, maybe that's why I'm not a, an NFL head coach. But if it was me, I'd, I'd be looking to retire. I mean, that job is hard. I don't know, man. For 40, 50 years in the NFL, I mean, he's, he's grown up in it with his dad and. 
Um, I don't, you know, it's 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 easy to say, well, Bill's going to be out, but I don't I don't think Bill will be out anytime soon. Even when New England's like, unless he loses, you know, twelve or thirteen games, I think that's it's inevitable. <laughs> you know, it's crazy to think that. Okay, now that Josh Daniels is on the market. Hypothetically, he's going to come back to Foxborough. Let's say Bill loses the job, McDaniels gets the head coaching job, or O'Brien gets it, or Gerard Mayo gets it, and then Bill Belichick goes to Washington or L.A. the L.A. Chargers, and <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's so weird. We never thought we'd see Brady play in another uniform. Yet that happens. You know, is it safe to say we never thought either would ever go anywhere but New England's, and it's likely that that's possible given the circumstances right now and New England losing last week and not looking like a great team. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's sad. It's sad that, you know, because if you, if you care anything, you may not like Bill Belichick. You may not like that. He, that he's like a jerk to the media. You may not like that. He's an asshole in general, you know, which is another podcast we're working on. Um, (laughs) You you just may not like him at all because he wins. You can't deny that he's been important to the game. You can't deny that his his importance has elevated the the, the position of head coach to another level in the sport, and that he's been a mentor to a lot of different um, aspiring head coaches and head coaches currently in the NFL and offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, so on and so forth. He's a pillar. It's weird to see things like this where there's a possibility of him going to another franchise. Gosh, can you, can, you know? can you imagine him uh taking the job with the LA Chargers? That would be that'd be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and um I think it would effectively give me a 2-year hiatus of watching football. So, um I don't I, I like I barely wanted to watch when Brady was playing. I don't know how that would work out for me so but you know at this point they're better off uh you know it's a long discussion for another show let's leave it like that (laughs) so because who knows if they really better off Uh, they've been saying that on the radio basically the whole week since new england lost again and i don't have no idea if they're better off without bill at this point he's he's antiquated the things he looks at in the nfl is antiquated and maybe they would be but it's so hard to say so we'll we'll kind of We'll circle back around. Well, uh, you know, what's the what's the phrase we use on this show? We're going to keep an eye on it. We're going to keep an eye on it. There we go. We'll keep an eye on it moving forward. So, anywho, here's the guy. Uh, here's the guy. I'm the guy. I'm the guy that you all like to keep eyes on. In fact, uh, if I were you and you were, you know, cooking something on the stove, Trevor, would you happen to know something you should keep an eye on so you make sure it doesn't get burnt or oh. lumpy and or just... Uh, the viscosity of a used sock. <laughs> oh, well, you've got to be talking about the gravy. That's right, baby. That's, that, that is it. It's the, the train is rolling here, as we like to say on this show. And um, not too many people today, because I will keep it short. I understand we went kind of long with this first segment. So um, I'll go right to the Minnesota Vikings. His running back, his name is Cam Akers, uh, owned in 57% of leagues. And now that... Kirk Cousins is out, and there's a little bit more consistency at that position. Him and Alexander Matson have been kind of splitting it. Um, outsnapped Alexander Madison? No, am I? No, I read that incorrectly. Alexander Madison outsnapped Cam Akers last week, 44-17. However, Akers is the one getting the touchdowns, 57 receiving yards, 142 yards on the ground. 
two touchdowns uh, on the ground. And I do believe that um, there's a chance that they'll end up running the ball a lot more, especially with Justin Jefferson still out. Jerron Hall might be playing. Joshua Dobbs. It's gonna be a running. It's gonna be running, baby. Minnesota is gonna turn it into a track. Um, God, I hope they're competitive to some degree. I don't feel like that's the case. However, um, and here's the honest truth, Trevor, and I've said this in the past. If you rely on running the ball, you're a bad team. That's just the way it is. No, I, and, and uh, yeah. although although Philly got into the Super Bowl last year, um, they didn't win. And I've said that too. You're not going to win the Super Bowl if you're running the ball, if that's your main way of getting offense. So, um, and I'll stick by it. But I will, I will say that Cam Akers is still worth picking up. Oh, I, so. I completely agree. Cam Akers uh, has become the obvious. Uh, I mean, if we're going to score rushing touchdowns, they're going his way. Um, when, mm-hmm. Even if he's not getting the ball as many times uh, as uh, Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the, you know, Cam Akers, uh, I've been keeping an eye on it. He's, you know, week in and week out now, he's always projected lower, but he's going to score higher. He just is. No doubt. Um, here's another running back. Keep an eye on his name is Zach Charbonneau. He's at the Seattle Seahawks, um, at Baltimore this week, 19 in FBA rostered in 62% of the league. So not as available as uh, Cam Akers, however. Um, Kenneth Walker Jr., or the third, excuse me, is dealing with a calf injury. Charbonneau ended up playing more snaps than him last week, was a second-round pick this year. We figured, uh, Trevor mentioned, always at the start of the year, keep an eye on running backs and stables of them because this is a long year, a lot of physicality, especially in November and December when it gets a little colder. You're going to see more of these kind of rookie running backs getting some more chances, and this is kind of a good time to pick them up. So Zach Charbonneau, nice, uh, I don't know, like flex, but, you know, they always... This is kind of the year where it's like, this was Kenneth Walker's time last year where he just got picked up and was like 20, 30 points a game. I'm not saying he could be that, but there's always some rookie running back or kind of off-the-radar guy that kind of wins you some games and gets you in the playoffs ultimately. It could be him. It's a lot of pressure, but it could be him. So... Tight end, Trey McBride from Arizona, rostered in 35% of leagues going against Cleveland this week. First in FPA, wouldn't necessarily start him. However, Zach Hurts will be out. Quadriceps, not sure if that's a tear, but not going to be playing this week and possibly for the foreseeable future. 10 catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. 14 targets last week against Baltimore. Good defense there. And Kyler Murray could be back. So um, I like him a lot. Um, we know he went to Hurts a lot while Kyler Murray was healthy. Um, last year, and I think he would be a good pickup too. And lastly, your defense pickup of the week is this is a little bit of a surprising one, um, but I think it's 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 worth looking at. It's the Washington Commanders at the New England Patriots, even though they lost two defensive linemen. Roster in fifty percent of leagues, bad offense in New England. Not afraid to say it. Now we can move on. So. <laughs> We have uh, our first Germany game, right? First Germany game ever. The Frankfurt games. No, we had them last year. No, 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 no. We, we've had anyway. it before. Yeah, we've had it before. Uh, before. Tom Brady. Okay. Tom Brady played in Munich. Yeah, that that is that is true. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Um, anyway, well, we have uh, our our first Germany game of the season. Yeah, yeah, it's in Frankfurt. So Hallo from Germany. That's hello in German, in case you're wondering. Um, <laughs> it is the Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a one-and-a-half point favorite to Kansas City. So over under 50-and-a-half. 
and Trevor. I would be remiss to say if I was uh, confused on how this game made a Germany game and not like a Sunday or Monday night game. But I'm not complaining because it's 7.30 in the morning here in Arizona. And yeah, dude, I get to wake up and watch football immediately. And it's arguably the best AFC matchup this season so far. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, I, I know that yep. I'll be uh, I'll be going to bed early Saturday night for this game. Um, no, you won't. No, I won't. But I will be getting up early on Sunday to watch it. Uh, <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> no, you, no won't. you won't. <laughs> no, I, I, no, absolutely, I know a guy uh, who will. Absolutely intend yeah. to, and I don't think uh, I don't think my usual tavern will be open for it. So I got to figure out how I'm going to watch it, but. Uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm very excited for this game, and right away, starting the week this week with uh, a technical upset. It's only a one and a half point spread, but I like the Dolphins in this game. Um, I think I think this uh, you know the Dolphins. I think they're the best team in the AFC right now. I think uh, I think there's a couple other teams that you could throw in there in the conversation. And right now, I don't think that the Chiefs are that team. Uh, it, it is going to be a great game. The Chiefs are a good, good team. But, uh, I mean, as, I mean, Tua is playing amazing football right now. Uh, the, the, the question going into this year was, can he stay healthy? It looks like he's going to be healthy this year. I mean, we, you, it's hard to predict some of these things, but he's not having the same issue that he had last year with getting his head whipped into the ground every other week. Um, so, I mean, the Dolphins, they're, just, they're looking too good right now. So I got to take the Dolphins to upset, and I'm absolutely taking the over on the uh, 50 and a half. Um, did you know that Miami Dolphins haven't been a winning team in like two years? No way. Their schedule, their schedule's been that easy. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, then this will sure this, be. I mean, I I feel pretty sure about it. Um, I'm sticking with the Dolphins. All right. All right. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins got his first Monday night win this year, so it's a it's a year for first. Sorry, sorry. I'm okay. Stifle the right. Vikings. No rhetoric. That's <laughs> okay. You're still processing the loss, right? So, oh yes. You know, some really deep grief right here. Kirk. Um, yeah. Ha- no. Have have not have not beat a winning team in two years. So that's interesting. Um, regardless, I'm not here to give that kind of stat. This is a Kansas City defense that's been kind of vulnerable the last couple of weeks. One of the worst teams in the FPA in terms of fantasy points against running backs. Um, uh, two touchdowns, one on the ground, one through the air. Um, last two weeks, I should say. That's why I like Raheem Mustard for a little start here. I think they got him started against New England last week. They actually ran the ball okay, better at the end. And Jeff Wilson Jr. got involved. Uh, Rohi Muster, 10 touchdowns on the ground. As, as Trevor said, Tua has been looking great. Um, shook off a shaky start last week against New England and um, effectively made himself 5-0 and against New England. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's going to keep up this momentum and go to Germany. And, uh, you know, um, guten tag. And next on the schedule is the Washington Commanders at the New England Patriots. Two and a half point favorite to New England, over under 40 and a half. I don't, yeah, I'm kind of surprised they picked New England to be a favorite, but it is at home. And without the defensive line talent, I could see it. I could see it. 
Um, but Washington hung 31 on Philadelphia last week, so it's not like they're, you know, it's not like they can't score. And New England has only scored over 20 once this year. So, uh, yeah. I don't know if this would be a great game to watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this one... Let's just put it like that. This one's yeah. going to be uh, not the most interesting. Um, but uh, it, it, it's a difficult one to pick uh, because, yeah, they, they traded away their two best players on the D-line. Um, it's, uh, you know, football is all about balance without, without the defense uh, getting you the ball. That, that's a... I'm not saying that their offense isn't as good as it was last week, but I don't I don't think they'll be able to put up as many points. Uh, so this one, I actually do like the the Vegas spread here. I'm going to take the Patriots to win by a field goal, and uh, and yeah, the Patriots they they uh, they get that third win on the season. Uh, over under forty, I think. Uh, you know, I, I just got a feeling about this. I'm taking the under on this one. Hmm. Um, it's a Washington defense that's second worst in the NFL against QBs the last two weeks. Six touchdowns allowed, zero interceptions. Last two weeks. Last four weeks, 13 touchdowns allowed. Um, so Mac Jones, I don't know. If he can turn around, um, I don't think there'll be as much pressure on him uh, as, as there has been. He's been pressured twice as much uh, than any other quarterback in the NFL this year. And I like him here against Washington, and and I don't I'll obviously be a free agent, so I didn't see him on my list, but I would say it would be a pretty decent pickup if you can get him in a in a QB2 league or you need a bye week flex or something like that. So Or or if you yeah. had if you had Kirk Cousins. <laughs> which is exactly it's exactly it's exactly what I did. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm hoping uh, he has a good day. <laughs> there you go. It's a not a bad not a not a bad matchup against a really crummy Washington defense. So okay, uh, the speaking of Minnesota Vikings at the Atlanta Falcons, both four and four, uh, over under thirty seven and a half. A Atlanta line three and a half to them. And from all accounts, rookie Jerron Hall from BYU will get the start this uh, this Sunday. Trevor. And uh, Taylor Heineke might start on the other side against Atlanta. Uh, I'm not sure if that's true or not. Actually, Desmond Ritter, sorry, will start after he was benched. It's really just going to be a sloppy game. Another game, I you know, it could be fun. Could be a lot, a lot of creative play calls here, no. potentially. Um, what, what do you think? We'll see. I, I do think, I mean, obviously I'm going to enjoy watching this game. I'm a Vikings fan, so I get hyped up for any game. Um but uh, I can't predict a Vikings upset. Um, you know, the, the the one thing that'll give me hope going into this game is is that the Vikings defense has uh, stepped up in a big way the last three weeks, and and they could be the difference maker. But I I can't expect it. Um, you know, we, we traded for Joshua Dobbs, but it's just way too soon for him to have learned the new offense. Um, so we're going with the rookie in house. And uh, it's just it's too much to uh, to convince myself to put money on. So I am taking Atlanta to win. Um, three and a half is a little tricky, uh, but ultimately I'm going to take Atlanta to beat that spread. I like them to win by 
six or seven points in this one. Um, that over-under is appropriately on the low side because, uh, uh, yeah, I, I expect both these teams to keep the ball on the ground a lot. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of punts in this game. Uh, and Yeah, ultimately, I mean, without you just can't predict defensive scores. But without a defensive score, the Falcons win, and I'm taking the under. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's a tough matchup for Jerron Hall, although going against an Atlanta defense that's allowed 15 touchdowns and four interceptions this season to uh, opposing quarterbacks, including four to rookie quarterback Will Levis a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, ironically, uh, I mean, Atlanta's 4-4, four and four, pretty scrappy, you know, pretty frisky team. We'll say this, if there's a better team to start against um, in terms of rookie quarterbacks, it would only be Washington. It's not a bad start for Jerron Hall. See what he's got. You know, it's it's in a dome. Right. Um, it's in Atlanta, but it's in a dome. So there's going to be, there's, there's there's no distractions in terms of weather or anything else. I, I don't know. I think you could, you might see something. I, I do think they're going to pull out a lot of different, like, types of play calls. You know, like uh, the Wildcat or some throwbacks and flea flickers and weird stuff that you'd only see in, like, Madden, basically. Well, not in this case. We'll see it on Sunday. So... At least uh, in my opinion. So, uh, moving on to the Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns. 10-point favorite to Cleveland over under 30 and a half. And yes, Trevor, Deshaun Watson will... Desh, wow, why did I say it like that? Deshaun Watson will be starting at quarterback this week for Cleveland. And, um, you know, no Josh Dobbs in Arizona. So we're going to see Clayton Toon and, Arizona, and uh, Kyler Murray will be the emergency quarterback. On Sunday, for the first time since last year, here we are. Yeah, um, pretty easy, pretty easy call. Yeah, pretty easy call here, and uh, you know the Browns uh, can be a fun team to watch, but I don't think this is going to be the most exciting game. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll take Cleveland to win. Uh, Ten point spread seems high, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Cleveland to beat the spread and I'm going to take the over in this one. Um, that's just a little lower because I, I mean, I, I honestly won't be surprised if the Browns, uh, put up 35 points and the Cardinals just need to get on the board once to, to break that over. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cardinals third, third worst in FPA against running backs, 877 yards in the ground, eight touchdowns four. Uh, tied for worst for fourth and running back receiving touchdowns. So Jerome Ford, big big play this week is questionable with a foot injury. However, may play and if he is, Stardom or Kareem Hunt. Moving on to the uh, L.A. Rams at uh, the Green Bay Packers. This line's fluctuated. We'll get into it in a minute, but three Bay is a three point favorite over under thirty eight and a half. Matt Stafford with a jammed thumb, uh, sprained UCL. I think they're calling it. So no Matthew Stafford. We're getting Brett Rippin. The uh, incomparable former Denver Broncos backup. And um, Green Bay's probably the... I, I don't know if you want to say... They say, like, the hottest team in the league. But they, they Next to New England, they're probably the coldest team in the league right now. Right. So, um, Yeah, this one, I, I get the, the Matthew Stafford uh, factor here. Um, for me, it's it, it makes it... 
more of an even game. Uh, so it's kind of tough to pick. Uh, with Matthew Stafford, I'd, I'd be taking the Rams. Without it, um, I mean, I I do try on this program to keep my biases in check, but Jordan Love hasn't looked better than a backup this season, in my opinion. Um, I, I And I know that they haven't played well all year, but I do... I uh, have a lot of respect for for the Packers defense, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Packers, especially at home. That's that's a factor too. Uh, I'm gonna take the the Packers to win, and at a three point spread, I'll take them to beat the spread. But but this uh, this is gonna be a close game, and even with uh, even without Matthew Stafford, the Rams I think are gonna be competitive in it. Uh, the over under. Uh, I'd be interested to see how many Packer games have hit the under because uh, I'm betting a lot of them have. I'm going to take the under on this one. Okay, um, and the L.A. Rams, fourth worst in FPA against wide receivers. So I say uh, start Christian Watson in this game if you're looking at a fantasy play. Uh, pretty vulnerable secondary for, for L.A. and um you know, if they just come out hot, Green Bay, I have no idea how, how L.A. stands to hold in this game. So, so they start for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Moving on to the Chicago Bears at the New Orleans Saints. A eight-point favorite to New Orleans, 41.5 over under. Justin Fields was reported to be throwing this week uh, at practice with a glove. That doesn't mean he'll start, but it's just uh, it's possible. It's a step in the right direction. He's limited. Will he play maybe next week? On Thursday, for now, they, we get Tyson Bagnet once again, or Bagnet. I don't know how you say his name, but uh, nonetheless, man, it's uh, well, it's just another road game from Chicago, and they haven't fared very well there in the last three years. So here we are, taking on New Orleans, probably the scrappiest team in the league. I keep saying that about NFC South guys, but <laughs> what do we think? Um, so yeah, I, I do like the Saints at home in this one. Uh, the Bears. Um, you know, they were, they're a little unpredictable when they have Justin Fields, like, are they going to show up and, and play good football or not? Um, but without him, there's not a lot of hope. And so, uh, it's pretty easy to take the saints, uh, eight point spread, you know, I, I like the saints by 10. Um, the over under on this one, man. Uh, I'm taking the under on this one, too. I just don't think that the Bears are going to be able to put up a lot of points. Um, yeah. Yeah, this one... Uh, yeah, th- th- I mean, this... I-, I hate to say it, but we, we have some some lopsided, not exciting matchups this week. Yeah. Um, so th- this is another game that I'm just not excited about. Um, but uh, But the Saints... Uh, it's a chance for them to get another home win, get above 500, and uh, and stay uh, stay competitive in that division. So uh, so if you are a Saints fan, then then yeah, this this will be a good week for you. Yeah, one of our favorite phrases on this podcast is "get right." Yeah, you know, looks like a get right game to me for New Orleans, which they've been pretty competitive. But I think this is another W in their column and something just underrated here. New Orleans, sixth worst in the NFL for FPA against running backs. Um, 
last two weeks and in general not great on the year I don't know how this is going to work because you know they're just going to stack the box you know for a good Deontay Foreman and Teron Roshan Johnson I think will be playing this week for Chicago um otherwise I'd say it's a good matchup just keep an eye on it and hopefully there's something worth maybe starting for Deontay Foreman as we get closer and then Chicago beat defense pretty brutal so Derek Carr actually is a pretty decent start this week. Might be a nice bye week fill-in if he's available in your league. So moving on, the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, we got a good one. Okay, not everything's bad. You know, the sky's the sky's blue. The Seattle Seahawks at the Baltimore Ravens, a six-point favorite to Baltimore, over under forty-four and a half. And you know, to be honest with you, man, for Seattle, it's a tough tough schedule. You know, they get. They get the Lions, the Bengals, the Browns, they, and then they get the Ravens in the first six or seven weeks of the year. And then you got you know, Baltimore back at home, tough opponent, probably underrated part. I didn't even know they were six and two. You know, kind of a silent six and two here. And uh, yeah, no, going to be an interesting matchup. A six point favorite to Baltimore over under forty four and a half. My goodness. Yeah, that over under at a glance seems a little low, but you kind of. Said it already. The Ravens are kind of a sneaky six and two team. Uh, they've been playing great defense. Uh, the the acquisition of Roquan Smith last season has really worked out for them. He's he's been a force. He's been very impactful on the games. Um, you know, I, I mean, this is a way too soon prediction, but right now I think that the Ravens and the uh, uh, Dolphins. Like, those would be my pick for the AFC Championship matchup, Ravens-Dolphins. Um, they're just playing really good football right now. Um, they can beat you different ways. Um, so, yeah, real tough matchup for the Seahawks. They're sitting real nice right now at 5-2. and two. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I like the Ravens here. Um, Six-point spread. I, I do think it's going to be close. I, I'm going to take the Seahawks to cover. Uh, but a, a Ravens win. I think the Ravens win by, by three. Um, and that over-under, I wanted to say over right away, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the over, but, but it's close. Um, yeah, I, I like these defenses, especially the Ravens. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to take the over. And Baltimore by three. Okay, um, you know it's it's gonna be a great game. Uh, Baltimore he's playing good defense. Seattle's been scrappy, uh, pretty well coached over there, and and just it's sad that we're watching Geno Smith run this team because with with DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith and the 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 and Tyler Lockett, I mean it's just it's a really it's the best receiving core in the NFL outside of. Um, well, it probably is, to be honest. I mean, whether the receiving core has three legit guys like that. Um, you know, and we have to watch, you know, Smith throwing the ball. <laughs> right. You know, so, uh, which has not been great this year. And, you know, Baltimore is the, the one, number one running attack in the NFL. I think, you know, going against a kind of a vulnerable second uh, front seven for, for Seattle. Yeah, you got to start. I mean, what Justice Hill, you know, Gus Gus the Bus had three touchdowns last week. I like him for a start this week, and uh, on the Seattle side, Baltimore surprisingly pretty bad against tight ends. I don't know. They have three guys in Baltimore and Seattle that can catch catch passes. Um, 
and you know they put Leonard Williams on that defensive line. I totally forgot about that trade for Seattle. Um, this is going to be interesting. I'm not really sure how they call this one fantasy wise, but I'd say take an keep an eye on Noah Fant if that's he's the one starting at tight end, and Gus the Bus. Of course, uh, we mentioned Zach Charbonneau earlier. So, moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Houston Texans, a three point favorite to Houston. They're over nine, over under thirty nine and a half, and um, this is interesting because, you know, Tampa come up, Tampa's been on a on a kind of just cold man. We mentioned Green Bay being cold; they're cold. Started the season off three and one, lost three in a row. Um, not great, you know, by any means. And Houston, uh, just just feisty. There's a lot of feisty teams in the NFL, which probably means the NFL is bad. But <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Uh, you know, but it's nice to watch C.J. Stroud and watch his development and just keep an eye. And um, so it's I'm not sure what the angle is on this game, but go ahead, Trevor. No, I mean, it, figure it th- out. this. Yeah. So to me, this is an interesting game because uh, I, I like Baker Mayfield. I like a lot of the Buccaneers uh, roster, especially on defense. Um, but you're right. They, they've been cold. Uh, there's, there's no reason to think. Uh, you know, n- nothing happened this week that that I could point to to be, you know, say, oh, it's going to be different. Uh, and the Texans playing at home in front of, I mean, the Texans. I think, you know, we talk about places that are tough to go play uh, because they have an amazing home crowd and a good team. Well, the Texans haven't had a good team in a long time, uh, but that home crowd in Houston is is absolutely electric. Uh, and they they have a reason to be for the first time in a while. That's C.J. Stroud. And uh, I like the Texans at home here. I do. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take the Texans. I'm going to take them to beat the three-point spread. Uh, I'm always you – know, I never predict a, a one- or two-point game. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking the Texans to, to win, to beat the spread. The over-under uh, is what's tricky. Thirty-nine and a half. Um, I am going to take the over on that one, um, but uh, but yeah, I, I really like this Bucks defense. Uh, that being said, Stroud is he's coming along, uh, you know, better than I think anybody expected him to this year. So uh, yeah, I could I can get excited for this one. Well, I'm glad you can. Couple of three and That's four teams. I love it. <laughs> Yay, three and four. Woo, mediocrity. Um, you know, it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a fantasy relevant here. I mean, I don't. You know, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's just, it's a three and four team. I mean, what do you want? You know, like that. This is what it is. And so, CJ Stroud's been good. He, Tampa's defense is okay. Uh, aging. Uh, they're at home. It might be a good start. Like a nice bye week option. That's what I'm thinking. Rashad White's been good. Um, he's a start for me here in this game too, just because he's been really consistent. He's been about a 15 to 20 point guy, very under the radar. Top 10 running back in fantasy somehow. Um, I'll take it. So a, uh, Indianapolis Colts at the Carolina Panthers. Two and a half point favorite to Indy, over under 43 and a half. And we get Bryce Young back. So that's nice. Get another uh, young quarterback thrown in the mix. Gardner Minshew's look decent. I, I, you know, it could be a fun game. It could be kind of fun to watch this one. 
we're just you know there's a lot of rough matchups this week, so bear with us here. No, this is uh, right. this is another rough one in my opinion. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, as a as a fan of Adam Thielen, I'm I don't think anyone predicted that he would be doing so well fantasy wise on a team that's doing so poorly reality wise. Um, but that's that's about the only interesting thing I can come up with uh, in this one. Uh, I mean, I, I do like the Colts to win this one on the road. Um, the spread is understandably close. The Colts are, are a very beatable team themselves, but we're talking about the Panthers. Um, the over-under, I'm going to take the under on the 43-and-a-half. Yeah, well, I'm... Mm. No, I'm I'm taking the over. Sorry, these defenses are bad. Um, so I'm taking yep. taking the over, but I'm taking the Colts to win by three, by at least three. Okay, no, that's a good call. Um, Indy would be the team to lean into, and honestly, not too much fantasy relevancy here. Zach Moss might be a decent start against a kind of a rough Carolina rush defense, and um, that's all I really got for this one. Adam Thielen, kind of the surprise of fantasy so far this year. Yeah, no, um, nobody saw that coming. coming but if, if you had Thielen, right. congratulations, because uh, you, you hit the mm-hmm. lottery there. He's been good. He's been a great PPR guy. Yeah, that's for sure. The New York Giants at the Las Vegas Raiders, a two-point favorite to Vegas, over under 37.5. I had to read that one twice. Two-point favorite to Vegas, even though they just fired their coach. Yeah. That's crazy. That's... And Ada O'Connell will start at quarterback um, with Daniel Jones coming back. This This game will not be great. No, this, this game will not be great. These are two teams, again, <laughs> yeah. with, with very little to play for this year. Um, I, and it's, a, it's not a division game. It's not even a, it's not even a conference uh, matchup. So, you know, w- when you're two and six, you can at least be like, oh, as long as we beat the Packers, uh, you know. But, like, you know, here, there's, there's nothing in this game. Um, if, if you like... Uh, seeing Max Crosby bust into the backfield and just slam people, uh, you probably get to see a good amount of that because because he always gets gets uh, a few of those in. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm taking the Raiders to win, two point spread, so I'll take the Raiders to beat the spread. Jeez, that over under. Uh, the Giants' offense is just so bad. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the under on this one. I think it's an ugly game. Saquon Barkley going against the number one, off, the worst rush defense in the NFL, even with Max Crosby, as we mentioned earlier, and uh, Antonio Pierce, defensive head coach, never been a defensive coordinator before, though. And, uh, yeah, Giants, um, Saquon Barkley, stardom. So, moving on. Oh, God, the Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. A three-point favorite to Philly, over under 46.5. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's funny because Dallas has never has not been good in these situations against Philly. Although this is interesting because they're, Philly's probably the most vulnerable they've been in two or three years. So Dallas has a shot here. And I think Vegas understands that too at a three point line to Philly. I kinda like this matchup a lot for Dallas, to be honest. You know, I do too. Um Yeah. And uh 
yeah, I think uh, I think this is a game that the Eagles will be able to recover from, but I'm going upset here. Um, it's oh. just it it feels like the right time. Uh, I think, and, and that's that. So this is the problem: the Cowboys, uh, you know, they're absolutely capable of winning a game like this. They're they're capable of winning this game by double digit points, and then you know not being able to put three good games back to back in January. Um, right. So, uh, but, but no, I, I, I think the Eagles are uh, a little depleted right now. Um, you know, the, the, the formula is kind of there for, for how you can play this team. Uh, I like the Cowboys this week. I'm going to take them to win. Uh, and I'm going to take the over on that 46 and a half. Okay. Um, it, you know, team full superstars on either side of the ball. Keep an eye on Brandon cooks. This Philly um, secondaries allowed 13 touchdowns to receivers this year. And um, with having some injuries sort of be into play, they've, they've started some guys who are undrafted rookies and later round picks. And it's a little scrap. It's a scrapbook of, of players there. And so Brandon Cooks would be a guy I would keep an eye on fantasy-wise. Other, obviously, the other guys are going to start regardless. So the Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Cincy over under 50-and-a-half. And uh, Buffalo hasn't been a great road team the last couple of years, and they got to go on the road at Cincy. Going to be a little cold. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how to interpret this one because you never really know who you're going to get week to week with Buffalo. Uh, and, I mean, um, you don't really know since, week since he's to been week. Great. Since he's been great recently, but they started out kind of who are we going to yeah. get this week. Um, I, I am going to take Cincinnati to win at home. Uh, but I, I think this is a game that is going to tell us a lot about these two teams. You know, uh, if the Bills win this game, I have to start giving them a lot more respect than I currently do. No disrespect. Uh, and and if the Bengals, I mean, the, this is the sort of game that the Bengals have to be able to win at home if I'm taking them seriously as a as a postseason uh, threat. Um, so, so yeah, there's a lot on the line, in my opinion, for both these teams. But I'm, I'm taking the Bengals and, uh, you know, two and a half. Man, we got a lot of really close spreads this week. Uh, yeah, the, so some good games. Yeah. yeah. So I'm taking the – I mean, some of them are good. Some of them are close, bad games. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah well, you know. But, uh, yeah, I like the Bengals to win this one by at least a field goal. And I'm going to take the over on that 50 and a half. This, you know, this historically has been a great game. Um, sadly, we, ha- you know, and not to bring this up, but this has to be acknowledged. You know, obviously, last year the images we saw during that game um, kind of brings up some some kind of tough, you know, feelings and images and whatnot. However, um, it's 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 been very competitive between these two teams the last three years, and so. Uh, we always get afforded one man. It's Buffalo, Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincy, Cincy, Kansas City. These are these are the teams that are going to stick around for the next ten years in this this conference. And you throw Jacksonville in there. Although Trevor believes the window is closed for Buffalo, um, yeah, I just Josh Allen's been good against Cincy though, and I think this will be sort of an over on that. It's like classic AFC matchup, so. Um, I just like these matchups. I, I think James Cook's going to be a nice little addition here, and 
getting him going. He's been running some great routes, and he's kind of a fancy guy to keep an eye on, other than our big big hitters on, on either side of the ball. So, Finally, we got into Monday Night Football. It's the L.A. Chargers at the New York Jets. It's a 3.5-point favorite to L.A. It's over-under 40.5. And, and um, I, don't know, I don't know if anybody can really describe how New York's been playing over the last, like, three weeks. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, <laughs> they seem to just get it done. It's, it's odd, and going up against a team that kind of sleepwalks like L.A., it wouldn't surprise me if they come out and beat them on a last-second field goal here. No, Somehow. And, and they just I, pull it out. I mean, I hate to do it. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't have predicted this. The Chargers have I, – I love the roster in L.A. It's great. Um, but they just they've been underperforming all season. Uh, the Jets, in spite of – you know, their Kirk Cousins moment came, you know, week one, you know, first minute of play. And uh, and here they are at four and three. So they've got, they've got a lot to play for. And uh, especially with, I mean, I don't know if you saw Aaron Rodgers moving around, but he's looking pretty good right now. Um, yeah, obviously, obviously not back this week, but... But that's the sort of thing, and, and this is coming from a diehard Vikings fan, all right? But that I have to admit that that's the sort of thing that is really going to light a fire under this young Jets roster. Uh, they're going out there believing that they're about to get their future Hall of Fame quarterback back with a winning record, and we'll be right back where we thought we were at the beginning of the season when he gets back. And so, yeah, I like the Jets at home this week. I'm going upset here. Uh, I think the Jets win this one just, just with, uh, with attitude. Uh, they're going to go out. I think they're going to they're going to believe in themselves more. The Chargers, I just haven't seen it. And I like Justin Herbert. I do. I think he's a tough young guy. Uh, plays the plays the position well. But uh, the Chargers defense has been underwhelming. And uh, yeah, I'm taking the Jets to win. And I'm going to take the over on the 40 and a half. I, you just, I, I just can't trust the Chargers, man. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, I can't trust them. I mean, wh- why should I believe that a team that can't manage the, their clock in the fourth and third quarter and, and these really critical parts of the game, you know, could easily be, let's see, you know, five and three, six and two this year with the right management of everything. And they just can't get out of their own way. So I can't trust them, and I'm right there with you with New York, and I think that putting Herbert on the road and going from L.A. to New York and traveling Monday Night Football, it's going to be a lot for them to kind of manage, and uh, I think you're right on the New York pick. And that's why I think also Brees Hall, number one running back in fantasy the last two or three weeks, big start here. Obviously, you would start him anyway. And um, I don't know. I'm kind of down on Aston Eckler a little bit. So keep an eye on him moving forward as well, fantasy-wise. So that's all we got. That's it. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Trevor, do you have any uh, any words for the folks, for the folks of the most? Uh, only only that, uh, you know, I mean, we, we've, we've mentioned a few times this past hour that, that we've got some lackluster matchups, but uh, in truth, I'll be as excited as ever 
uh, on Sunday to, to spend as much time on Sunday watching uh, this game that I love. And uh, tune in again next week to hear my uh, ridiculous optimism for, for where the Vikings are headed. <laughs> um, you going to the tavern this week? I'll be there. All right, all right. Big, big guy at the big tavern. Okay. Like little man, little, little Trevor, little, little tavern, little Trevor, big tavern. I don't know. So it's coming this summer. Uh, anywho, um, feel free to check out all the rest of the shows in the archives. You just want a little background noise or just some more uh, voices in your ears and the earwax and all that fun stuff. And uh, we'll be back next week, man. Enjoy the games. Try uh, the early slate's a little rough. The later slate is much better. So until then, we're out. <laughs>